Have you ever wondered why some business people are more successful than others? Welcome to The Mentor List, a source of sound advice with your host, David Lewis. The Mentor List specializes in interviews with top business minds. Listen to their stories, list their habits, and most importantly, gather their advice for your career. This is The Mentor List. Hi, today on the show we have Brendan Mayer. Brendan is the CEO of Are You OK, an organization most well known for Are You OK Day, a national day of action committed to encouraging and equipping everyone to regularly and meaningfully ask, Are You OK, of anyone who might be struggling with life. Supporting one another is something we all need to do. That's why Brendan and team have been hitting the road for six weeks, traveling 14,000 kilometers and visiting over 20 communities to show Australia that we've all got what it takes to support those struggling with life. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Brendan Mayer out in the field on the Are You OK Conversation Convoy. Brendan Mayer, welcome to The Mentor List. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. And um, yeah, it's our first, I guess, roving interview where you're sort of roving around the country. But yeah, with the beautiful technology we've got these days, it makes this sort of the ability to do this possible. And um, yeah, really excited to pick up on some of the excitement of what you're up to right now. And I might just uh, stop talking there and flick it over to you and ask you, can you tell us the story of how you became yeah, what is the story of Brendan that's become the CEO of Are You OK? And how did you, um, yeah, tell us more? <laughs> no worries. Well, look, I, I kind of landed in this role, well, got into the community sector and suicide prevention space kind of almost by accident. I studied uh, advertising marketing at the University of Canberra, degree in communications, and spent about eight or nine years in uh, advertising agencies as a sort of account executive, client service, and finished in a brand strategy role. And in the last 18 months of my time in the corporate world, I actually worked with an organization called Lifeline on a rebranding project. And it was a pretty big project because Lifeline was a fairly, it was a federated organization with, you know, 60 locations around the country and member, member boards. And yeah, it was kind of like we had to pull, had to pull a whole, uh, a whole range of uh, different stakeholders together and agree on evolving their brand. and. At the end of that process, the CEO at the time, a lady by the name of Dawn O'Neill, who was, you know, still one of the one of the best people I've ever worked with, came up to me and said, Brendan, would you be interested in coming over to the community sector? I hadn't thought about it, but I'd liked working with the Lifeline organization. I really believed in what they were doing. Stepped into Lifeline in a role setting up a cannabis information helpline for the Australian government, uh, which I had no experience in whatsoever, but it sort of involved dealing with builders and telcos in, in, in order to set up a telephone-based information service for, 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 for cannabis use. Um, and yeah, that evolved wow. into, yeah, and that evolved into a role as a, as a national fundraising manager for, for Lifeline Australia, which kind of attempted to bring together all of the separate sort of entities and develop kind of a national fundraising strategy and approach to support both the the national organisation but also the centres that kind of all ran kind of independently. And yeah, it was a pretty big job in that it was a new role and to basically try and, you know, work with, with centres that had their own geographical areas and, you know, try and sort of make that work so that we could 
basically continue to, you know, cover the the growing costs of a, a national um, telephone service, which was receiving, you know, close to two thousand calls a day from Australians in crisis. Wow. Then that 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 after that, uh, I was there for seven years. I commissioned that role as a general manager of sustainability, which was fundraising, corporate relations, government relations, media, uh, marketing. And we went through a couple of iterations. Uh, Dawn left. We had a new CEO started, who was there for around about eighteen months. The organisation was going through a pretty significant period of change. That evolved into Maggie, who was the CEO, uh, moving on after about eighteen months. Another colleague that I was working with from the leadership team was appointed as the CEO. And then the organisation restructured. They wanted to reduce the leadership team from about eight people to three or four. And at that particular time, I felt it was a good time for me to leave. So I um, I took uh, one of the redundancies that were on offer and had to have a bit of a think about, you know, what my, my next move would be. Went and sort of walked the Kokoda track and took some time off and trying to work out what my next move was when I received a call from my first CEO there, Dawn O'Neill, who advised me about a role that she'd heard was going at AUOK uh, as a general manager under a part-time CEO. And it involved ideally moving to Sydney. I'm a Canberra-based person, so I wasn't really prepared to move to Sydney full-time. I had my, you know, my wife and family in Canberra, but... Ultimately, the organi- I threw my hat in the ring and the organisation agreed that I could work two days a week in Sydney and, and the rest of the time remotely from Canberra. Fantastic. That was four and a half years ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, very, very small team. You know, our fa- the founder of AUOK was a guy called Gavin Larkin and uh, Gavin started AUOK in 2009 and he was really motivated by the... Yeah, you know, addressing one of the biggest personal challenges in his life, and that was explaining to his kids why their grandfather wasn't around. He'd lost his father, Barry, in the mid-1990s uh, to suicide, so Barry had taken his own life. And Gavin wanted to make sure that other families didn't have to go through what he and his family had endured. And he was also an advertising guy, a very successful and well-known advertising guy, Sydney-based. So he, he kind of mobilised the, the resources and media contacts that he had to, to start this movement, Are You OK Day? And the, the first one happened in on the 10th of September in 2009. And during shortly after the first Are You OK Day, um, Gavin was, was diagnosed with a, a lymphoma and a cancer. And fortunately, uh, he lost... His, uh, Gavin lost his battle in, in 2011. So, you know, that, that period of those first couple of years were, you know, incredibly challenging, I guess, in trying to sort of start a national movement. But in a lot of ways, Gavin's kind of story and tenacity and his own personal circumstances uh, really enabled people to, to sort of get around him and, and kind of bring his dream, you know, to fruition. After Gavin died, Yanina Mern, one of his his close associates and collaborators in in sort of you know starting the movement, t- took on uh, the CEO role. And at the time that I came into the organisation, Yanina had just had uh, twin boys and needed to sort of move to a part time role. So it was kind of I was kind of working very closely with her as a part time CEO, and you know in a general manager role full time. Uh, that evolved. Not long after, maybe twelve months after, into you know, you know, taking more time off to to look after her boys and myself moving into a full time CEO role. Fantastic! Wow, what a what a what a what a path what a path in. Yeah, and so I guess um, 
Yeah, maybe if you wanted to share the listeners, so it's sort of it's the 7th of September and I, from what I understand, you've been flat out over the last two weeks gallivanting around, not gallivanting, but touring the country. Do you want, do you want to talk through um, you know, what, what, what you're actually doing right now? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, we've just pulled into, into Tenterfield. We're on our way to Brisbane from Tamworth. We are about five and a half weeks into a six and a half week trip around Australia that we've called the Conversation Convoy. And it leads up to Are You OK Day, which happens on the second Thursday in September. So Are You OK Day will be next Thursday, the 14th. And as part of our convoy this year, we're driving around in four wrapped bright yellow Audi Q7 turbo diesels actually we were, we were we've been um, supported by the Audi Foundation in, in getting this on the road uh, alongside a, a bunch of other corporate partners which which has been really amazing but each of those vehicles represents one of the four steps in in a four step process that we we promote around having a conversation with someone you're worried about Great. so ask listen encourage action and check in now, those four steps have been pivotal to Are You OK for a number of years, but this year we're really wanting to strip it right back to the practicality so that if uh, if someone's worried about someone, they know where to start, they've got a, they've got a roadmap, and more importantly, they know how to, how to navigate a conversation if someone says, actually, you know what, I'm not doing so well. So we've had... By next Thursday, we will have had 32 events in communities, um, small regional towns, remote areas, uh, you know, some of the big cities, all really around activating a set of resources that uh, we've all got in abundance, but are often held hostage by fear, stigma, you know, not knowing what to say. And of course, that's, you know, that's our, our eyes, our ears, and our mouth. So we're, we've had a great response from community. We've got an event tomorrow in Brisbane. And then we make our way up, you know, North Queensland to finish in Cairns on Are You OK Day on the 14th. Wow, fantastic. And is there any significance with Cairns as to why that's um, your end point? Or? Well, our end point's always been Sydney. Our focus is, you know, because Sydney's got a lot of, you know, a lot of the national media and, and Are You OK Day is our grand final, if you like. It's, um, we want to be a lot more than one single day of the year. You know, this is a question that we should be asking 365 days of the year. But Cairns is, you know, it's, it's a big regional hub. It's uh, it's an iconic location in, in Australia. And it worked from, you know, in the point of sort of being able to sort of circumnavigate Australia when we started in Uluru on the 1st of August and kind of worked our way up northwest, you know, up over through the Kimberley down uh, through the Pilbara and across the bottom into Tassie, you know, South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales, you know, up to, up, up to Queensland. So, yeah. We'll wow. be out of out of time with Are You OK Day being on the fourteenth, and you know it's a good it's a good place for us to finish. And media the media side of things isn't as important anymore because I mean you know obviously media is important. We will get media there, and we've we've already got some commitments for some from some fantastic media around the day. But a lot of our content now is generated independently. So we we have two full time videographers and a photographer on tour with us, and at the end of every event we develop an open source news package for broadcasters to be able to access and utilize as they see fit so i think in, in a lot of respects you know there's when you're hitting some of these rural and remote areas there's no journalists there's no tv crews or well, there are but they're few and they're, they're few and far between 
if you can't get in there, that's okay. We'll develop our own content. Yeah, fantastic. And then, and how, how's the energy levels? Because you mentioned sort of five and a half weeks, well, I guess touring and of uh, six weeks. How are you sort of holding in there? I mean, should I ask you, are you okay? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, no, I've, uh, look, we've got, we've got an amazing crew. We've just got a really solid, passionate crew on the road with us and there's five of us who are on the have been on for the whole time myself included and then there's between seven and eight who have been you know kind of coming in and going out you know sort of a bit of a transitional group of, of people high profile ambassadors other members of the AUOK team there's only seven people in the AUOK organization so we are very small but everyone has got you know a small you know has sort of spent a week or two with us depending on you know kind of where we were and, and what was happening and what level of involvement they had in coordinating particular events. So we've got a guy who's a, a New South Wales paramedic who took some long service leave and has joined us for the whole time and you know, he's amazing. A couple of guys from the events company that we that he's helping us with the with the event. Just just good, solid people that kind of get it and you know, we're we're looking out for one another. We're still having uh, breakfast and dinner as a group and, you know, we seem to enjoy enjoy each other's company, so that makes it a lot easier I suppose when you Particularly when you're dealing with, you know, with content that can be, well, sorry, no, I shouldn't say content stories, you know, you, you're meeting a lot of people on the road that see our event and see us as a safe place to come and have a yarn about, you know, some of their own experiences. So, you know, it's important we all look out for one another as well because some of that, some of those stories can be. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for sharing it. And I guess, yeah, the question I usually ask is sort of around career advice, but uh, I might sort of ask you a bit more general advice and, then, you know, given your experience with Are You OK? You know, if someone's out there and maybe they're not doing okay, you know, what advice would you have for them if they're listening in? Oh, look... <laughs> You know, there's no shame in sticking your hand up and saying you're not going well. I mean, the truth of the matter is life happens to all of us. You know, someone dies, we have a relationship breakdown, we run into financial troubles, we get physically unwell, we can't get up in the morning, you know, some of us can't get up in the morning, we can't. We don't know why. We, we, we can't rationalise in our own heads that we've got everything uh, to be kind of happy about, yet we you know, still feel so unfulfilled. And I would just say to people, you know, for those people that I've met in the last decade of being in this space, if you seek help and you make some changes in your life, some positive changes, you know, things will get better, generally speaking. But if, you you know, you keep heading down the road of doing the same thing and expecting a different result or, you know, finding solace or, you know, trying to find the answers to you know, getting through your issues through the bottom of a wine glass or by, you know, engaging in other behaviours. I mean, eventually, um, you're going to have to get to a point, we all have to get to a point where, you know, we have to stick our hand up and, and you know, try and find find a way and find an approach that, that can help us get back on top of things. And sometimes that requires the help of the people around us. And, and that's the difference with Are You OK? We don't focus on the person who's struggling. We focus on the people around that person, so you know, so that we can activate our sense of responsibility. Or you know, if we've just got a gut feeling that something's not quite right with someone, you know, we get alongside them and you know, find the right moment to say, look, you know, that you haven't been returning my calls or you're not turning up to things. Is is everything okay? But people will tell you who have had a a very challenging time. Like, you know, particularly people who are, who are dealing with grief. They often find that the people that they least expect are the ones who stand up and are those who perhaps they expected to be there that, that weren't there and 
that's often because, you know, people are worried about saying the wrong thing. They're worried they're going to make it worse. They're worried it's none of their business. And yeah, we think about when someone, you know, think about when someone dies and, and how good we are at getting around the, the people who are grieving with, you know, they've, they've generally got a freezer full of food and a big concentrated period of, of everyone around them. And then it kind of drops off, you know, and like, oh, they need their personal space now. I would just, you know, try and think about utilising some of the, you know, some of the time, some of the hours and hours and hours and hours that we spend on our iPhones and, you know, doing other things, just to, just to quarantine a few of those hours to, you know, to stay connected, you know, with people that we know that have had a, you know, a difficult time or, you know, keep our social circles intact so that we keep those relationships strong, you know, as we get older. And I mean, I know this is more of a, I suppose, more of a bloke's issue, but certainly not unique to guys, but we're not, we're not as good at keeping our social circles intact. Uh, you know, we can go years and yeah. years without talking to people that have been very important in our lives. And we're very good at picking up where we left off. But, you know, we, we, we drive our vehicle, you know, we, we could be driving somewhere, uh, driving to work. How do we use that hour, perhaps, if provided we've got a hands-free kit, to jump on the boat or someone and say, look, I was just thinking about you. I um, haven't spoken to you for a while. What's been happening? Those kind of conversations, uh, I'm sure we all know mean a lot to get a call out of the blue from someone. Yeah, so my, my advice would be follow that gut feel if you're worried about someone. Don't worry about stuffing it up, about muddling your words. I, I promise you they will appreciate it. Maybe not right then and there, but in time, they will. That'll make them feel more connected. It'll make them feel a stronger sense of belonging. If you're struggling yourself, put your hand up. Go and see your doctor. Talk to someone about it. Don't let it fester. It's really easy to say. It's not easy to seek help. And, you know, sometimes we just want to fall back and say, you know, if I just uh, if I just forget about it, it'll go away. Uh, it might. But, you know, chances are you need to change something in order to, you know, to start getting back, on the, back onto the path. And, and keep those social circles strong. Stay in touch with your friends. Give your partner some space to, you know, to go off and be with her girlfriends or, 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 or his mates or, or, or their family. Because it's really, really, really important that we, that we have that diversity of relationships and, and keep that stuff strong so that that scaffolding around us is, is there. You know, to to help get us through those, um, you know, more difficult times, and to help, you know, be that wet sail for, you know, for for being connected and and enjoying life. Yeah. No. Th- thanks for sharing. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just sitting li- listening to, to to what you're saying and really sort of yeah resonating with um sort of where your conversation was going. The next question. So you met you mentioned different results, and I just wanted to tie this maybe to habits. Is so when you're seeing you know some of the people that you're working with coming through with as you mentioned sort of different results. Is there habits that sort of consistently are, are showing up, or is that sort of over much too oversimplifying it? In terms of look, I mean you you in in this kind of job you every day is a school day, right? So, you know, one of the most incredible things about being on the road is that you pick up these insights everywhere you go, which, which force you to think a little bit differently about kind of what you're doing. And one of the, one of the greatest things about, well, certainly one of my greatest experiences, I'm a massive, massive believer in insights. I think insights can change the world. You know, you can be in, you can be in a moment with someone and you can get an, an absolute moment of clarity when you're least expected about how you might be able to approach something and solve a problem differently. Some of the there's probably lots, lots and lots and lots of examples that um, you know that I could give around around insights about uh, if, if you think about the things that have happened in your own life where 
out of the blue, you've had a conversation with someone and they've given you that little bit of nugget that you've never forgotten and it's kind of changed the way that you've thought about things. I would say to someone who's struggling, and I've often said this to, you know, to people who have experienced challenges in their lives, you can navigate the pathway to, to sort of finding help and you can hit you can hit brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. But if you keep your eyes open for that insight, it can absolutely and, and categorically change your life. And probably one of the one of the most memorable stories that I can remember that I can think of around that was a, a lady that I met who told me her story about uh, being uh, she was an absolutely hopeless drug addict and a junkie, addicted, hooked on heroin. Had a beautiful family. Uh, her parents were, you know, middle class family. Put her through private school. Uh, parents loved her dearly, and and all they wanted was for her, was for their girl to be successful, and they gave her everything she wanted. But the her addiction got the better of her, and she treated her parents, you know, very very poorly. She'd go back home, and you know, she'd steal off them. She'd take things. That there was, you know, physical abuse and violence, and and all these things. And she had a little sister who was born maybe, there's about a 10-year gap between them. And the only person that never judged her was this little girl. Every time she went home, looking like death warmed up, you know, wanting to find, scrounge around, rob her parents, get what she needed to get the next hit. This little girl was this, you know, this constant source of, of, of love in her life. You know, she loved her big sisters and didn't matter what it was. And... What changed her life and changed what happened with her was she went back once to to you know to, to steal something or to you know to abuse her parents and this little girl looked at her big sister and said look I don't like you anymore mm. and that was her moment that that changed everything for her and you know I think I think there really is something in the capacity for us to draw something very very strong from from people if we keep our, our eyes and ears open. And you see it a lot. Well, I've, I've been, you know, sort of, I guess, privileged to have seen a lot of that sort of stuff in, in the space that I'm working in. And it sounds a bit, you know, now it probably sounds a bit touchy-feely, but, it, you know, from, from, from my perspective, if, if, you can, if you can be open to, you know, if, if you're hitting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall in life and you aren't looking for... Uh, those those insights and, and that guidance, you know, I, I don't, or you're not open to it. I, I, I really don't know whether you can, you know, potentially reach the heights that you want to reach or, um, you know, get the personal fulfillment that you can, you can get. Sometimes those things will ambush you and they'll just they'll hit you between the eyes when you least expect it. But when they do, you'll know. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit philosophical or, or whatever, but it's yeah. certainly been my experience. Yeah, that's very yeah, very powerful example. Uh, certainly resonates with me with a young daughter. Yeah, and you know, I could see how that would be yeah, quite an insight for the um for the lady in the story. Um, so j- just sort of the, the last two questions because uh, I know you've got to run and you're 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 probably at your next destination by now. It's just around if there's a book that you could share. Oh, so I'm I'm reading a book at the moment, <laughs> which seems probably totally misaligned with my. You know, perceived values as being the CEO of uh, of of AUK, but I'm reading a book at the moment called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Something or Other," yeah. <laughs> and it's a really popular book. It's one of the bestsellers, and it's 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 fascinating because it's very funny and it's it's full of insight. Yeah. And, and that's you know, I'm not I'm not into these big kind of you know self growth books and all that kind of stuff. My my books are I like to escape into my books. 
So if I think about books that have been, you know, that sort of stand out as, as being great reads, it'd be stuff like, you know, Ken Follett, Pillars of the Earth would be one of my, my favourite types of books. I love to just, you know, I'm on, uh, I've got a Kindle as well, and the Kindle have, uh, Amazon have a daily book that, you know, it's generally like, you know, a dollar or two, and I've got a heap of them. I just, you know, a couple of bucks on the credit card, and I just disappear into it, particularly if I'm flying or travelling. And some of them are really crap, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, it's <laughs> a different way to escape. But the subtle art of, uh, of, of not giving a, uh, a bleep is, is really, it's, it's, it's a really good read. And I'm also reading Thank You For Not Smoking okay. at the moment as well, which is, which is just funny. It, it's just absolutely, you know, kind of mad esque you know, it, it, in terms of the, the outrageousness of it. But yeah, really, really, really funny to read. Um, I don't read enough, but I love reading and, I'm I'm going to go on a I'm going on a holiday in a few weeks and I'm I'm looking forward to taking a handful of books and just you know really having a really having a good read immersing myself in it. Yeah, it will certainly be uh, well deserved after the um yeah the convoy. Uh, and just before you you leave us, if you could leave us with a quote just for the listeners, if you've got a quote that has stuck with you that you'd like to share. My favourite quote that I use with my team, with my funding partners and with everyone is no surprises unless it's beer, wine or chocolate. <laughs> well, that's a good one to live by. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love it. Because, you know, it's about being transparent and honest with each other and, you know, uh, just being being upfront. Yeah. And yeah, the, the only surprises should be the good things. If something looks like it's going to hell, bring it up before, before it gets here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah, for the guys that are listening in and they're resonating with what you're saying and they want to know more about Are You OK or about Brendan Mayer, how do they contact you or come through to find out more about Are You OK? Well, the best way would be to uh, visit our website, which is areyouok.org.au. Certainly won't find much about me on the website. I have got. I am on LinkedIn and quite often publish stuff on on LinkedIn, so I can be found. My profile can be found on there. Um, I don't publish all the time. You know, maybe I'm up at something up a couple. You know, every every few weeks around. Yep. Generally aligned with some of the stuff we're doing with Are You OK? Yeah, um, I find LinkedIn to be a really good uh, a really good community, actually. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, Brennan. Well, yeah, I'll be sure to chuck those links up on thementorless.com.au. And, yeah, just wanted to thank you on behalf of the listeners for setting aside your time today. And I know it, we're, we're sort of lucky because we've got you between venues. So, um, yeah, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with the listeners. Right, I'm sitting in the back of a of a hot car in the car park in Tenderfield. So visualise that. <laughs> yeah, better, better let you go and get some certain air. Open up the windows. It's all good, mate. <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, Brendan, and we're looking forward to um, yeah the big day this year and 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 the one next year and yeah. Um, an ongoing success with the campaigns and yeah, hope to have are you okay every day and not just uh, the annual day and yeah. Th- thanks again, Brendan. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mentor List with your host, David Lewis. If you like what you're hearing on The Mentor List, the best way to support the show is to just take a few seconds to leave a rating and or comment over on iTunes. You can also find further information about this show and links to further episodes at mentorlist.com.au. Until next time, this is The Mentor List.